You're listening to the news and why it matters on demand. Hey, I'm Sarah Gonzalez. Welcome to the news and why it matters. It is a very happy Monday here. Glenn, what was the top story? Top story is the coming together of the right, if we're smart, uh, and, um, and the protecting from deplatforming. All right, Jason. I once heard somebody uh, got laughed out of the building who talked about the, how there was this thing called the caliphate and how it was going to spread to Europe and help start destabilizing Europe. Crazy stuff like that. That guy. But it's going down right now, or the beginnings of it. So we'll talk about that. All right, Andrew. I would like to talk about George Herbert Walker Bush, <clears throat> who, I, who I miss sorely. Yes, good. All right, before we get into that, I want to thank our sponsor, Brickhouse. Uh, Brickhouse, and by the way, for um, any people who might be listening who um, have not listened previously uh, or watching who have not watched previously, um, men, at least the men around this table, don't eat their vegetables. They just don't. Nope. Uh, you, they, look, I mean, just, just put the camera. Look at me. Do I look like somebody who's eaten vegetables <laughs> ever in my life? No. They're not going to eat their vegetables, but there is a way that they can still get it, and that is to drink their vegetables. Now, you think that that sounds super gross. However, it's not. It's not. Mm-hmm. Uh, Brickhouse has a product called Field of Greens. It is real powdered food. It's organic fruits and vegetables, and shockingly, it tastes great. I know, but just take our word for it. You, you just think stir it's it in not. a little bit. I mean, it's not like you're making it. You know, just stir it in something you like. Just put it in there and just. I even put it, it in water, and it's delicious. We were rolling with smoothies that one time. It was yes. Great. Yeah, yeah you can't oh even gosh. taste it, and you're still getting all the nutrition. Here from I am those eating vegetables. raw beets like a sucker. <laughs> uh, I actually love beets, but. <laughs> No, I'm weird. Uh, but you can go to BrickHouseBlaze.com. Uh, use promo code GREENS and you get 15% off of your first order. Or you can text GREENS to 41411. Get your nutrition uh, and make it taste great. Glenn. So, a couple of things um, that uh, I want to make the point on of what we've, what we've done in the last 24 hours. And you guys have known, um, uh, you know, that something was up. Uh, for the last few months, um, and uh, and it's been killing me to keep it in. But as I had Eric Bowling sitting across the table, and he says, "You know, we should just come together." I'm like, "Wow, that is a really good idea." <laughs> I had no idea. Um, but um, uh, the reason why Eric Bowling said that is they're going to pick us off one by one, mm-hmm. and these giant corporations uh, they are jumping in with both feet on on everything. And it is the independent voices that need to be protected. And they're not only going to be attacked from the giant corporations as they go into their death throes, which I predict in the next five years or so, um, but you're also going to see um, uh, individuals be lost. And we're already seeing people being deplatformed for their points of view. I don't want to work with extremists. I don't want to work with racists, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But there's a lot of people who are none of those things who are always accused of those things because they have a different point of view. I believe only darkness uh, or only uh, lies and hatred live in the shadows. That's where that stuff grows. It's like mushrooms. You have sunlight. You have exposure. The hatred doesn't grow in the exposed light. So why, instead of hating on each other and accusing each other of hateful things, why are we just having those conversations? One of the things that has happened to the right is the left already went down this road, and they're getting more and more narrow. You have to accept more and more things as gospel. Otherwise, you're not pure enough. 
you're now to the point to where you have to you have to agree on global warming on you have to agree on what the what the the uh, research says that we should do and how much we should spend you have to agree on marxism and capitalism all of it lockstep if not you're out the right has a purity test as well and luckily it hasn't stabilized yet but it's time to say do i agree with the constitution do you agree with the Constitution? Can you give me eight out of the ten? Do you love America or do you want to see America destroyed? Do you think it was a positive force or a negative force? Is the Western way of life worth saving? If you answer yes to those things, I want to work with you. Because you can't say, I, I believe in the Bill of Rights. Oh, and by the way, I disagree with you, so you have to be silenced. That doesn't make any sense. So we have gotten together, CRTV and The Blaze, to create a new company called Blaze Media, and it launched last night. And I hope that it is the first of the welcoming committee. I hope that we have to have a welcome wagon for a lot of talent um, coming in through the door because we now have scale. There's, it's very hard. This business, people don't understand. You, you cannot, there's only two ways of doing it. Do what I did um, and fail. Do what I could do, which is just do my radio show and a cheap little TV thing and make my money, and that's cool. Let Joe Rogan does that. Cheap, it's him, it's easy, one and done, and you're gone, you're not carrying anybody else. But you cannot cobble together voices with only one powerful voice and a bunch of other really good talent. You need several powerful voices. And so that's what we're trying to do, is bring in CRTV, who has several really great, powerful voices. Steven Crowder is incredible. Mark Levin is one of the best constitutionalists uh, in America today. Uh, Eric Bowling, who I, I vehemently disagree with on a lot of stuff. I love Eric. And the list goes on and on and on and on and on. If we don't come together and we don't start saying, uh, as an audience... I support this venture. We're going to go the way of Mike.com. Mike.com was very well funded, had lots of money, etc., etc. But you cannot bank on the advertising alone. Advertising is really important. But when advertising dollars go soft or you're boycotted, if you don't have the, the subscribers as your backbone, you're not going to make it. And so we ask for people to subscribe. And I haven't asked for people to subscribe to The Blaze for a long time because I haven't had confidence in it. You know, we, we've spent a long time cleaning up the messes of the past and this last year trying to find somebody to merge with that will begin this ball rolling. And CRTV, we are thrilled to, to have them. And while we were doing that, we were also starting shows like this, started a new Andrew Heaton uh, show, which is really tremendous. We have a bright, bright future. We need people to say, this is my cable bill. And instead of 34 bucks, you get all of it for nine. And I hope to add more voices and keep the price at nine. Can I give you my honest uh, reaction when I first found out about this? Yeah. Um, because I think it's an interesting conversation. Because we live in a weird time. Uh, let me just start this off with saying, like, I'm a very spiritual person. I think the more 
spiritual you are, the, the harder, poor your message is, whereas in terms of, you know, what it, the effect it's going to have for God, the, the, the more the opposite force is going to rise up against you. Maybe you, can see, maybe you can tell where I'm going with this. This is huge. Huge. And so I was immediately really, really excited. CNN just ran a story. says it's the, I think they said it was the largest media merger in uh, the history of the right. Wow. So you can imagine not only the people that are on the left, but the people that are on the right even, that will see this as a humongous threat. And we, we live in a strange time of you can be deplatformed. You could be, I don't know, people like, uh, or companies like Google are ridiculously powerful. ISPs are the new, like, platforms, you know, going forward. And I, it got me, I don't want to say apprehensive, but it got me just curious about the opposition that will rise up towards this. there'll be great opposition. But I, I, I don't fear it, and I think this is, I just, I just told some of our partners upstairs with CRTV, they've, been in the building today working on some stuff and and we were been talking and I said you know this is it this 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 is the model that will work I've spent 10 years looking and fi- trying to figure out how this new model works the new model that everybody's trying doesn't work and we have gone back and forth and back and forth and trying to figure it out this is a model that will work uh, but people have to have the guts and they have to see that coming together not in lockstep but on constitutional principles, I should be able to stand with a staunch libertarian who loves the country, and I should be able to stand with a Trump guy who loves the country. I'm not going to agree with everything either one of them says, but we're on the same limb. Let's not cut the tree down. Yeah. Um, I'm, I just want to say I'm really, really excited um, about all of this yeah, it's just there's i mean there's nothing there's nothing bad that you can say about it it's no. just all of these people coming together and recognizing that we can have different nuances and have the same common goal and and the key here is and this is not easy it's not easy for me it's not easy for anybody and it's probably easier for me because it keeps the blaze name but it's not easy on the ego yeah to merge it's just not just not. And, 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 and everybody who's involved has put their egos aside, and I'm, I'm thrilled. I really am thrilled. Uh, earlier today, uh, when you announced it, we got free pizza. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's just the kind that's, of boss that's, I am. That's, that's, all you, that's, all all right. that's all you had. And the perks just keep, keep on coming. <laughs> uh, I do want to take this time to uh, let everyone know all of the new viewers, uh, new uh, subscribers coming from CRTV. We do have a section at the end of the show where we ask for your comments or your questions, and you can use the hashtag TheBlazeY. That's uh, Blaze, W-H-Y. So just to let everyone know. And you can go on the platform and watch the, sometimes there's another half hour of this show. Yes. It doesn't make it on television. Yes, yeah. We call it uh, the news and why it matters over time. So we're happy to have you. Very happy to have you here. Uh, Jason, you said that there was a man who may have predicted a bunch of things that may or may not be happening now. Can we take a break and get to that? Well, please, let's okay. do it. All please. right, let's do that. <laughs> Mo- 
more to get into, but first, want to thank our sponsor, iTarget Pro. Uh, Jason, I'm going to let you take it away here because you are former military and you know what you're talking about when it comes to guns. Yeah, the, really, literally, the first thing they teach you in, and when you're learning how to shoot like a marine, which we didn't know the best shooters in the military, in the world. Which one were you um, in? Uh, <laughs> marine Corps. Oh, oh wow. one, one of those then. things that doesn't belong. <laughs> oh, good thing you haven't seen me shoot. Um, <laughs> Uh, but anyway, uh, so the first thing they teach you how to do is they teach you how to shoot by dry firing. Uh, that's literally how you learn how to shoot properly, you know, not pulling the trigger, doing all that. Dry firing is ridiculously, ridiculously important. And that's what's cool about our, our Tiger Pro because you can literally do this in your house and not just, you know, dry firing and not knowing, you know, there's no, there's no proof. You're just sitting there pulling the trigger how well you're doing. But with iTiger Pro, you have a little cartridge you put in there. It shoots a laser. It's like playing a video game in your house. It really is. You yeah. keep cool. track the entire time. It's amazing. And you save money on range fees range and ammunition. Hundreds of dollars. Yeah. Yes. And if you do that with just regular ammunition in your house, it's pretty loud. Yeah. It it's is. Just, it's you, destructive you have to too. replace your furniture <laughs> yeah. all the time. Oh, it, this is way easier. Wife has to bail you out multiple times. <laughs> kids are in the hospital. <laughs> I mean, those kinds of things. Yeah. <laughs> iTarget Pro saves you from all of that. Uh, you can go to iTargetPro.com right now. Use promo code NEWS and you can get yourself some free shipping and 10% off. That is iTargetPro.com. There's somebody watching from Los Angeles right now going, oh my gosh. They shoot in their house, and their kids are going to the hospital. They're so irresponsible, these NRA Terrible. people. Terrible. Uh, all right, Jason, your top story. This, uh, this is, uh, I don't know, amazing to me, I guess, because they laughed at you, Glenn, when you talked about the caliphate coming. It came. Then they said it's ridiculous the fact that whatever's going to happen in the Middle East is going to, you know, you know, lend towards the destabilization of Europe. We've seen it. The immigration crisis that, that brought on from uh, what's going on in Syria and North Africa and places like that. Um, has completely overloaded the system. So now you have left-wing groups rising up, you know, protesting uh, immigration. You have right-wing groups rising up, protesting immigration. You could almost say, like, they're kind of working together. Mm-hmm. Um, Which is the last thing until it comes here. Right. And I, I would, you could almost even argue that that's already happening, because oh, yeah. really it is. I mean, the, the border. The border. The, the, we're, we're arguing over the same things, the exact same things. Immigration over there, it's Islamic immigration or North African, or, uh, Middle Eastern and North African. Over here, it's uh, coming up from South America. I mean, we're, we're all talking about the same. You, you could probably argue that Donald Trump would not be president today if there wasn't such a huge, you know, scandal with the Gang of Eight, and, you know, and they yes. weren't restructuring mm-hmm. the immigration yes. stuff at that point. You could probably say that. Like, he, that was his main bell cow, he you know, I, I, I'll go as far as saying uh, Hillary Clinton might have beat him if she didn't seem like so out of touch and so in it for the game and the money. She was c- totally corrupt to the bone, didn't believe a word she said. If it wasn't if she did believe in something and she wasn't just the standard wet washcloth, she could have won. Yeah, uh, Marco Rubio might have, yeah. might have, if he wasn't part of the Gang of Eight, you know, uh, immigration thing, he yeah. might have gotten a chance yeah. to run for president. It's just insane. But um, what's going on right now in Paris is very, very interesting to me. And Glenn was just talking about this. Both of us were talking about this on radio this morning. I want to try and hit this up in case, uh, I'm going to try and hit this up with maybe a little bit different angle that maybe if you've listened to both those uh, shows, you, you might have already heard. But just for a quick update, uh, there's been protests going on in Paris right now. Um, they've been protesting for three solid weeks. They're protesting over a fuel tax 
um, that hit the entire country. Um, thousands of people showed up uh, incrementally uh, to start off with. Then thousands upon thousands joined them. And there was radical leftists joining in the fray, radical rightists joining in the fray. They're all in the same spot together calling for the downfall of President Macron. Again, working together in a, in a sense. So it's, it's, yeah, they're it's not, crazy. And it was important that I said over and over again, they're not working together, they're not calling each other. They just see the same opportunity, destabilization. Do it, because we we'll beat those guys when we get past them. I, I want to throw in a quick uh, a clarification, though. The, the French view protesting the way we view football. Protesting is their national sport. <laughs> the, the difference is that this has gone from protesting to rioting and pro, uh, pro prolonged rioting because I mean they they're constantly protesting like I'm, I'm making a joke but in all seriousness like it's a huge amount of their economy that just shit like you, you go to lunch and the the chefs are out to lunch or they're they're protesting or something like that however it did jump over where they've got all this anti-Macron sentiment they set and, museums on fire yeah. I mean they destroyed the parts of the the Arc de Triomphe I mean look at that that looks like Egypt, not France, burnt out cars in the streets. That's yeah, wild. They, 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 uh, 23 police officers over the weekend uh, were hospitalized. Um, around 150 or so people were injured. Over 400 arrests. I mean, it's insane. It started in Paris. It went down into uh, southwestern France. And then it's, 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 it, then it kicked off in the Netherlands uh, this weekend. It's now moving on to the UK, is what the organizers are saying, by next week. This is the yellow vest? The yellow vest is spreading? spreading. Yep. Um, Germany. And I want to say there's one more place. Look it up. Um, Spring of Nations, 19, 1848. Spring of Nations. Because initially this was specifically about the fuel tax, right? Because yep. right now it's like it's like six six fifty per gallon in mm -hmm. France, which is a lot. Did you ever see Le, um, Les Mis? Yeah. yeah. Who was it? General Lamarck. That they say at the beginning. General Lamarck is dead. Remember, the people will rally to our cry, or Glenn, whatever that is. I, I would, I would subscribe to any channel that had you doing a one-man version. <laughs> right, I'll do it. I'll do it. So uh, <laughs> it, that that is in the story that a guy dies, they all trust, and that's the spark of the revolution. These guys, both right and left extremes, are only looking for a spark. So it may have started with this protest of something real, but it's way beyond something real now. Yeah, and that, that's kind of the angle I want to take it in now and why this is dangerous for us, things that we can learn from here. If you're on the left or the right, both of us can learn from this. Right now you have members of the far, far right that are joining forces with maybe people we might call alt. Right. Or people that we might call conservative over in France or any, any, any other different groups, how you want to separate them out, you know, on the spectrum. But they're all coming together because they all feel like, the, you know, the establishment hasn't listened to them. They're, they all have one, let's say, like members of the far, far right, let's say people from the National Front, you know, granddaddy National Front, old man Macron, who are anti-Semites, who are Holocaust deniers, bad people. Um, right now, they're also against immigration. Well, Members of just regular conservatives that, you know, they're, they're, they're limited government type people on the right, you know, probably people that could sit down this table right now with us and probably agree with everything we say. Um, they're now co-opting with people from the far, far right. And what happens is exactly the same thing that's happened to the Democratic Party. Nancy Pelosi is not long for this world. I mean, they are, look what's happening with the Clintons. They are done with the Clintons. Mm. It's over. And now who's the, who's the main face of the party? It's people like uh, Sanders or, or Cortez or, you know, people like that. It, the, the center was eaten by the, the people with passion. 
I remember sitting in a high school history class when we were talking about World War II, and it was unfathomable. You're like, how could, you know, you was like, oh, you know, with the arrival of Hitler and the Nazis, you know, and you know, they all, all spun out of control. Well, I get that he was a bad guy. I get the Nazis were a bad guy, but I do not get how millions of people could go, yes, that's my guy. Okay, that's my you movement. Read, um, have you read Defying Hitler? Defying Hitler. Mm. Read it. It is, it's unbelievable. It's a history book. I've talked about it before that was written um, by a guy who was was witnessing and he wrote it as a, a message to get it out to the West saying you have no idea what's happening in Germany. Look out. Don't trust him. It stops at about 1938 because he escaped Germany and got out. But he makes it, he takes it from like 1910 to 1938 and he explains what happened and how that slow drip happened and i'm telling you you will look at you will look at germany and you will say oh my gosh that's the world trade center oh my gosh that was this attack oh that was 2008 you can see how it all happened and it's happening to us now my guess would be like it's similar to what's going on today is like you have people that have strong principles, yep. but they feel like they're being ignored and not listened to on, on, on just, let's say, immigration or whatever. Back then it was probably reparations mm -hmm. or something like that. But then you had one group that said, hey, I am also against reparations or immigration or whatever. I also have these other things that I care about, too. You know, uh, very bad things. But you, 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 you make that decision. Look, well, I'm, I'm just, I don't care about that other stuff, but I do really care about this, and nobody else is talking about it. So you co-opt in. And that's the, that's the most dangerous thing, I think, that could happen to libertarians or conservative or right-leaning um, people here in the United States. That's why it's so important that we have a broad group of voices. We keep it as broad as we possibly can. This is why one reason why the merger. Keep it very, very broad. Anchor it with good, solid people and people who, are, you know, have different ideas. Let's expose those calmly, rationally. Talk to those people. Have them explain and learn from each other. Not shut it down. Somebody has to go, oh, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to you. And I'm really actually, I want to engage with you to hear what your reason is. And then you rationally and reasonably engage with me. And let's see if we can find a way out of this mess. All right, back in a minute. minutes left before we uh, go to overtime, so I want to make sure to we have enough time to talk about George H.W. Bush in overtime, but I was reading, it turns out that Dick's Sporting Goods is not doing no, it's great. Kinda, no, it's what a surprise when you take a whole group of people and say, uh, we think you're killers and not trustworthy. Uh, Dick's took the semi-automatics out, uh, out of their store and said that these are weapons of war. And you have to be uh, 21 to purchase one. Well, it, you know, it's freedom. You can do whatever you want. I, I didn't think that was a smart move, and apparently it wasn't a smart move. Um, they put a sale on for Black Friday, 25% off of everything. Uh, their sales went up 1%, but their <laughs> margins were way down. They're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, and they've decided to get rid of all um, hunting uh, things. And that's fine. And they'll be successful in certain areas of the country. But as a big national brand, they really screwed this up. What I don't understand is that they actually came out and said that they can trace the downturn to 
its decision to honest, take action on gun control. Yeah, I mean, I get, you can give it to them. And, and you know what, honest. I think, what because after they said that, they said, we're thinking about taking all guns out. So what they're doing is saying, hey, look, we sacrificed for you guys who don't believe in guns. Please be our store, your store for basketballs. You know, please be the store for whatever. But they're getting rid of all hunting supplies entirely, and they have to make that up with a bigger share in, you know, in urban uh, areas uh, where people aren't generally buying guns because they've lost the gun owner and they've lost the center of the country. I'm interested in our resident libertarian's view on a... On this exporting goods situation. Oh man, you're you're gonna really hate this. <laughs> I, when it when it comes to guns, I'm not that libertarian in all honesty. Like really? I'm um, no, I'm I'm uh, you know I um, I think for Dix and everyone else, uh, gun prices are slumping in general, which doesn't mm -hmm. surprise me because that always happens when there's a Republican office. It right. tends to go up under Democrats. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't surprise me terribly. Uh, I'm, I'm not bothered by them doing this. I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not, not, bothered I'm not by super it. into semi-automatics and like if they want to raise the, the, the age on people, it's a private business, go for but it. A, but, okay, you but, need to come to my ranch. Yes. <laughs> you will be a fan of semi-automatics. Yes, the way you said that, <laughs> the way you said that, you said, I am going to kill you. <laughs> yeah. You may not return. I don't know you what you meant, officer. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, okay. We got to take this into overtime, but I do, I have some questions for you on this semi-automatic okay. statement that you just mm -hmm. made. Because I believe it comes from ignorance. <laughs> I didn't say it. That was him. It's just because you're wicked and evil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll see you guys in overtime. Up next, enjoy bonus overtime content from the news and why it matters. Available exclusively for podcast listeners and Blaze Premium subscribers. Become a premium subscriber at theblaze.com slash subscribe. This is okay, so, one -on -one. Andrew, so <laughs> you have fired a I weapon. I fired weapons, yeah. yeah. Okay, what have you what have you fired? Uh, I've I, I fired a 308 caliber Mauser. Okay. Uh, I've been to a gun range and shot a Tommy gun and a couple of other things like that. I don't remember the model. The top, well, the top, it's a Tommy gun. Well, yeah, but there, was, big there were some other it. things, too, and oh, I, don't, okay. I don't recall what they were. Did you have fun with the Tommy gun? Yeah, yeah it was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed that, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and I've shot like a twenty two and that kind of thing. And I don't know if I've shot a handgun. I think I, think I did. I went to a, a gun range in D.C. one time, and I think I fired a handgun. So what is your issue with the semi-automatic? Uh, or is I, it broader than that? Yeah, can I put it in a broader thing? Yeah. Um, I think you have a right to self-defense. That's both constitutional, although I do think that the Constitution's... Um, I, I, I think we're, we're trying to retrospectively drill down a lot more of individualism there that might necessarily be there, given that the militia's built into it. But, but I think a lot of the time when we're getting into these conversations about gun control and gun rights, we're, we're presented with a false dichotomy, that you're either pro-gun or anti-gun, and that's it. You're either for banning all guns where you're for owning a bazooka. And I, I don't think that's the case. I think that there can be certain things where you're like, that's a bad idea. Uh, we're going to restrict access to that particular thing, and that's where I am. I'm somewhere in the middle on that. So I'm, I'm not a... Um, I, I don't think it's open-ended. I don't think you should be able to own a tank or something like that. And when it, when it comes to... I actually to, know somebody who owns a tank and got in trouble in no. his Yes, and got in trouble in his neighborhood. Was he using it as a golf cart? What was no, he doing? No, no, no. <laughs> he, he just, he bought a tank and a relatively newer tank. He bought a tank and he, he had it dropped off at his home, his big house. Um, and somebody in the neighborhood heard he had a tank and was very upset. This is Texas. So he drove the, the tank in the front lawn and just parked it 
right in the front I, lawn. I'd say I do like, well, well, that does stand to thwart my political philosophy. I do love Texas. <laughs> yeah, I do. The, the Texan instinct's like, I'm going to park a tank in my front yard. This yeah. is America. Yeah. Uh, no, I like that. Uh, I guess when it comes to semi-automatics, this is my deal. I think you have a right to defend yourself. I think you can go hunting. Those are all great things, right? It's when we get into the range of weapons that are designed to kill lots of people that I start being concerned about nuclear weapons. Nuclear, or, or for that matter, like like a, like a, I know the term assault rifle is a very broad and you know meaningless term when it comes to technical specifications. But when if you've got a weapon that's designed to kill a ton of people with one weapon, that's something that I start getting kind of squirrely on. Okay, so let me ask you this: um, the, uh, the the first of all, the assault rifle right. is not really assault no, rifle. It's, it's called the it's, modern sporting. It's a, it's rifle. a random. It, it, it does. I, I'm aware that yeah. that term doesn't that have a technical legal bearing to right. it. Right, yeah. and it, and it was invented in the 1950s. It wasn't introduced to the Pentagon until the 1960s. It's it's just a way for it to reload. You still have to pull the trigger. It's just a way for it to really reload without you having to go like that. Okay. Um, Kennedy was killed with a bolt action. Yeah, you can kill. And 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 most most gun crime. I'd like to swing against myself. Most right. gun crime in the United States is done with handguns. Right. It's done with with single shot handguns. Correct. It's not an automatic weapon. There is a huge difference between an automatic weapon and a semi-automatic weapon. I happen to have automatic weapons. You can own them. We, we, so we do restrict those, don't we? Because you can't we own them. We restrict them. Yes. You yeah. can't own a machine gun. Unconstitutionally restricted. Unconstitutionally, yeah. You can own the machine gun. You have a fully automatic weapon. It'll cost, You have to buy one that's old. So I have to buy stuff that's in the 1980s, which drives the price of a $1,000 or $800 gun to $20,000, $25,000, $30,000 a gun. So only the rich have them. Right. Um, then you have to have all kinds of licensing for it. And I mean, you make one mistake with that license and you are doomed, mm-hmm. just doomed. So um, I don't understand when it says I have a right to defend myself where the government, you just said, you know, the, the militia, well-regulated right. militia. Well, we don't have a well-regulated militia anymore because we have a standing army and the standing army, which was not a part of the Constitution back then. I mean, we didn't have a standing army until World War II. So we had National Guards and people, and you would come in. Well, but that's different now because that is, yes, it's controlled by the governor, but it's really, I mean, well, that's fine, and I, I'm, I'm happy to acknowledge it's different, but uh, if, we're, I mean, if we're getting the constitutionality of it, the actual, if we're taking an originalist approach, and this is something that I disagree with Scalia on, who's my favorite justice, Scalia, I think, became kind of a, a, a living constitutionalist, almost judicial activist when it came to things like uh, regulating, regulating guns in D.C. versus Heller where um, D.C. said you can own a gun, the, the District of Columbia said you can own a gun, but um, there's certain types of guns that we're going to forbid within, mm-hmm. within the jurisdiction here. And he went, nope, 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 you have an uh, unabrogated individual right to guns, there's nothing the state can do to step in and, and, and alter that, um, which I don't think was spelled out by the, the Second Amendment. Um, the Second Amendment does well, specify that. I think he takes it, I think you're, when you take an originalist approach, you say, what does this mean? What were they saying? They were right. saying a well-regulated militia, so in other words, the community could get together and everybody could grab their gun, which they own. They could grab their gun and they could be the army that stands against an out-of-control government. Okay? Now, nobody wants to think that could happen and everybody always says, oh my gosh, well, you'd never win. They've got tanks and airplanes. Well, you know, Al-Qaeda did a pretty good job for a very long time. Yeah, the North Vietnamese did that. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, it's amazing what you can well, do. And see, this, this, I think, goes to another issue, which is I, now I think you've got an individual right to defend yourself. Do you have an individual right to defend yourself from the government, which is another place to get is, kind of squirrely. Now, our, our founding fathers, I think, probably would have said yes because they actually did that. Well, it says it in the, Consti- or it says it in the Declaration of Independence, yeah. which is linked to the Constitution. Without the Declaration 
Declaration of Independence, the Constitution makes no sense. Um, in there, it says, you know, the government is instituted among men to protect these rights. And the minute that the, the government becomes hostile to those rights, it is the uh, citizen's right and his duty to overthrow it. And this is the part we get into trouble because everybody's like, oh, we're just overthrowing you. We just shut this thing down. No, no, no. Overthrow it and replace it with another government that is more likely to protect those rights. That's where the Civil War went wrong. They went and they said, okay, we're going to overthrow this government and we have another government. But it was not more likely to defend those rights. Hmm. You can't do that. That's true. Uh, but, but like there too, again, like kind of one of my concerns is, do we all have our own individual bright line we're using when to attack the government? Like I'm from Oklahoma City and I could hear the, the blast from Timothy McVeigh from my playground when I was a kid because these two guys decided that the yeah. federal government was tyrannical and they were going to kill a bunch of folks, right? And they were nuts. They were nuts, but yeah. still, like, that's yeah, one, it's one right. of those issues where it's like, okay, like, if we're going to decide that we can topple the government, I, I kind of feel like we should spell it out rather than having everybody, like, I'm just going to get an assault rifle or, a, a, you know, whatever the type of thing is and, and go do it on my own, which concerns me. Uh, look at us having different opinions and oh getting along. Gosh, look at <laughs> can, I, can I brag on you guys for a minute? Because I was actually sure. saying this off camera earlier. So I've been here maybe a month and a half, two months. Mm -hmm. uh, I am frequently the dissenting voice here at the table. I have never had any one of you here or in the building or in the organization ever make a character attack against me, ever say anything impolite, mean, rude. We say all uh, that behind your back. But yeah, qu question my loyalty as American is always... your low IQ. Yes, <laughs> thank you. Yes, exactly. it's, it's merely belligerent irony. Um, but, I, but I appreciate that. I, I, think it's, I think it's a wonderful thing we, we can you get together and have this... when you first came into my office... Hey, you strangely said uh, I expected more. I expected more. I'm never gonna live that down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I came in. Hey, can I can I describe <laughs> yeah, can I describe your office to yeah, people? Sure, sure. Um, it he uh, he has uh, the original Darth Vader mask, and in these museum curated glass cubes under the shadow box. I'm not sure what you call them. Um, the chalice from Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> And also the slippers from uh, from the Wizard of Oz, and there's a lot of other stuff that I don't know the background. But I walked, and I was I was expecting a lot of burlap, <laughs> a lot of, <laughs> no, a lot of American flags. Right. I just I don't know. I thought burlap. Right. You're so funny. Uh, okay, I want to make sure to get to George H. W. Great, uh, thank you. I, I actually um, I, I uh, is, I'm going to plug my podcast briefly because I cover him on, on the yes, podcast. Today was my first time where I'm doing it solo, and I, I was talking to Glenn earlier. I, I was afraid I was going to do 15 minutes. It wound up being an hour, so I'm apparently mm. a windbag, uh, <laughs> and uh, was delighted to discover this because I'm sure guests are going to drop. We out. Could have helped you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that discovery long um, ago. I, I really like George H. W. Bush, and I've been a fan for uh, of him for a while. Uh, I, I was a fan of him before it was cool. Um, I think that he is um, seriously overlooked in terms of the credit he's due in that he, for much of the, the late 20th century and early 21st century, people tend to view George H.W. Bush as just this seat warmer between two more charismatic, interesting presidents. And they're definitely more charismatic than him. He wasn't as charismatic as Reagan or Clinton. Uh, but I think that he deserves credit for two very important things. First, he oversaw the dissolution of the Soviet Union, and that could have gone off the rails real quick. That could have gone. And after he left, it pretty much did pretty go much off the did. Road. Yeah. I mean, yeah, everything Clinton did, you could yeah. actually say, if you, if you could redo everything he did, not go into the Balkans, yeah. include Russia a little bit more, Which help with that transition, exactly it would be exactly what Bush different. did. Bush took a right. very long-term view of it. Yep. He, he took what we would call a, like a realist, capital R, realist foreign policy view, which was Russia is going to exist like it's, it's down right now. Uh, Praxis has exploded, but the Klingon Empire is going to come back. 
And, uh, and <laughs> once that happens, we need to be aware of what their historic zones of influence are, which is why initially Bush said, look, we're not going to annex Estonia, Latvia, Lithuania. That's your backyard. And that is something that we, we went back on. It's, it's also very like Clinton went that way. Like John Bolton would be the exact opposite of that. John Bolton's like, take every inch you can. <laughs> Uh, but I think he did a masterful job doing that. That could have gone very poorly, and it didn't. And we don't even talk about it because it went so well. And that's, that's the restraint of George H.W. Bush. The other thing that I think he deserves immense credit for, which I think is very salient to the time period we're living in right now, uh, is the temperament and character that he embodied. Uh, and I, I hope he is remembered for that. Um, he was brought up to eschew the word I, and you can see that in his public speaking. He thought that uh, political theater was bad. You could see that. And... Uh, um, there's, I'm, you've probably seen it because it went viral, but he left a note for President Clinton. Um, and that was a bitter campaign and a, and a terrible loss for him. I mean, it, was, you know, like, it wasn't like somebody shrugged off. That was the whole country rejecting him and giving him the finger. But he, he left a note in the Oval Office saying, you're my president too now and I'm rooting for you. Uh, and I, I think that man was solid class the entire time. Uh, so, I bet you his son did the same for Barack Obama, did he? I bet so. I, I don't know, but it wouldn't surprise me. It's, it's now tradition, so I would assume that that's yeah. a... Let me, let me show you something. There's two things. First, let's show his dog. Uh, he had a service dog, and there was a picture that was taken of his service dog. Man. Go ahead and put it up. Uh, can you just put it full screen, please? Um, this, that's his, his coffin, and there's a dog laying next to it. I mean, these dogs are just amazing. And then I saw something uh, this weekend that I thought was remarkably beautiful. Um, this was in USA Today. Go ahead and pull that full screen. There's his World War II plane, and Barr says, we waited for you, and Robin is there. And if you know anything, the way he spoke about Robin and this three-year-old girl that they had who died, I think, of leukemia, mm -hmm. and I'll never forget him talking about her. He, he gave me hope. At the time he, that I first heard him talk about Robin was the week my daughter Mary was born. And he gave me such hope and such, he's the reason why I believe in the right to life. Um, and when I saw this, I looked at that, that cartoon for a while and I was trying to figure out where's the slam. And there is none. And I realized I haven't seen that in a long time. I haven't seen that in a mainstream paper for a Republican or conservative president. I have not seen that. It would be like seeing that if Barack Obama passed away, how rare it would be to see that probably, you know, on the right. And it, it brought me to tears because it was so simple and beautiful and kind. We've really lost our kindness. Well, I mean, and two, there have been a lot of mainstream media outlets who have either A, used it as an opportunity to criticize President Trump, which is blows my mind, Stu said or B, today, make a, a mean comment about uh, George H.W. Bush. Stu went to the, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles game tonight with his son, so he's, he's gone today. Um, but he said before he left today, he said, I, I, I think that the only reason why... They're being nice to him. He said, no, 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 I shouldn't, shouldn't say that. He said, I think one of the reasons why they're being so overtly nice to him is to compare and contrast him against Trump. So they're using it kind of as a wedge. 
he said, I think if, it, if he would have died under, you know, Clinton or, uh, you know, or under Obama, they wouldn't have been as kind as they were. I hope not. I, I hope that's pretty good. We'll, we'll see when Carter dies, which I'm not, yeah. not wishing on him. But we'll, I, 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 suspect, I think when, when, when you bec- if you've been an ex-president long enough, I don't think we'll see the same thing with Clinton because he's got enough demons that are going to haunt him um, and that are now coming out. Uh, but I think with, with Carter and with Bush, both of them have a significant portion of the country knows them as the retired grandpa figures of the United mm-hmm. States. And I, I think for that reason, it would probably be pretty, pretty munificent regardless. This, was, this, was, this kind of hit me a little bit hard, uh, more, more than I expected it to, actually, because I, I didn't think about politics at all when I was a kid. Like, not at all. And even up into, even up into college, I could really care less. But there's a few presidents that I remember that stuck out a lot in my mind. One was Reagan. That's the very first memory I ever had was uh, when Reagan, I think, bombed Libya. Um, I remember my entire family huddled around our ridiculously huge small screen TV. Um, (laughs) But I remember him addressing the country. That's the first time I ever remember seeing a president. Um, The uh, the first election I can remember was HW. And I remember like my dad and a bunch of my family members going, why would you mess with a good thing? We had eight years of Reagan and we'll get eight years of Bush, you know? So it's basically 16 years of, you know, goodness. And uh, I remember them thinking his policies were going to be exactly the same as Reagan's, which vastly different. Which they weren't. Yeah. Um, uh, and then uh, George W., his son, was the first president I actually was able to vote for after I turned 21. To, to back up a little bit, though, I do think that it's, it's in researching Reagan and, and Bush, what I find interesting is that when, <clears throat> when it was the Reagan-Bush ticket, that was kind of what I'm going to call the good equilibrium in the Republican Party. Because there's always, the, the Republican Party and the Democratic Party aren't really parties in any, any monolithic sense. They're coalitions of a bunch of different tribes. And the structure of the Republican Party for most of the 20th century was you had the kind of uh, ideologue, what we'd called conservatives then, what we'd probably call libertarians now, of like Barry Goldwater and then Reagan. And then you had the Eisenhower Republicans, the, the moderates, the pragmatists mm-hmm. that were the Bush. Um, yeah, Progressive the, the, Republicans. Nelson Rockefeller, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that's fair. And they, that was that ticket there. And so you had for a while this balance between the, the kind of conser- libertarian, conservative, moderate, uh, uh, centrist Republicans. Mm-hmm. And now both of those are on the outs. And we're seeing in the Republican Party that the populists are ascendant. And the old, old school camps of the Republican Party are down and out presently. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just happy to know that he's reunited with Barbara. They just were always such a great example of what a a married couple should be. Imagine going out to dinner with Ronald Reagan, Nancy Reagan, and the Bushes. I mean, there there were there were four people that loved their spouses. Yeah, yeah, great example for all of us. Uh, All right, today's poll, in light of recent reports that Google discussed burying conservative media outlets after the 2016 election, are you worried about conservative censorship online? Let us know at The Blaze's Twitter, that is at The Blaze. Yes, or I should say Friday's results were, the question was on Laura Loomer and whether you thought she was brave or she went too far. Uh, 61% of you said she was brave. 17% said it was disrespectful. 22% 22% of you were unsure. That's a pretty high uh, number of those of you who are unsure. But let us know what you think on today's poll, at The Blaze on Twitter. That's it for us. We'll see you guys tomorrow. All right. Like what you're hearing? Become a Blaze Premium subscriber and watch the show anytime, anywhere, live or on demand. Go to theblaze.com slash subscribe and start watching today.